Hello, and welcome to Big Fish in the Talent Pool with your host, Aaron Peterson, partner and global talent acquisition consultant with People Results. In each episode, Aaron interviews a corporate head of talent acquisition to shine a light on how they got there, what keeps them up at night, and their views on all the hot topics in TA today. There's nothing Aaron is afraid to ask because she's been there. Now here's your host, Aaron Peterson. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 5 of the Big Fish Podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Brian Chaney, the head of global employment brand and talent attraction for, are you ready for this? Indeed. So this is sort of like going to see the surgeon who operates on the docks at the Mayo Clinic, right? And you're in for a treat. Brian and I spoke with each other during the Indeed Interactive Conference, so along with that comes some background noise. Sorry about that, but I promise it's worth it. Brian has an amazing background and a perspective like no other, and I really had a lot of fun talking with him. So without further delay, here's Episode 5 of Big Fish in the Talent Pool with Brian Chaney. Enjoy! Brian Chaney, it is great to have you on the podcast, and we are here at Indeed Interactive in beautiful Austin, Texas, so this is an appropriate time for us to talk about, I think, the challenges, really interesting challenges, that the overall recruiting community has, but more specifically, the Indeed recruiting community, because how cool is it that Indeed itself has a ton of recruiting needs in the middle of providing for everyone else's recruiting needs? Let's talk, first of all, about your background. Mm -hmm. uh, super interesting background. You've done a ton of things. Uh, obviously, right now, you're the Director of Global Employment Brand and Talent Attraction, and we will dig into that. But you've also been sourcing and employment branding leader for Twilio. Uh, you spent a long time at IBM Conexa. You and I crossed over at Aon for a little while, mm -hmm. although we didn't know each other, unfortunately. And uh, you were also at Reaching Talent, Novotis. Um, you know... Uh, Texas State grad. Are you Texas born and raised? I am born and bred in Texas. Uh, I've spent my whole life in Texas except for one year that I spent in the Bay Area. Okay. So uh, let's get into your current role. So give us a sense of the size and scope of your role. How big is your team? How many candidates are you responsible for attracting in, an every, in any given month? Or how do you quantify that? Sure. So uh, I'm director of Global Employer Brand, uh, which means my team supports global recruiting. And that means in, in the Americas, in, uh, in Europe, in Asia Pacific, um, all around the world. And we are a small but mighty team. Uh, by the end of this year, we'll be eight people, which is a really good size for an employer brand team. And so it's just understanding that they've all got different roles, um, different things that they do from content management and production to uh, employee advocacy program management to advertising. Um, to program management for the region. So it's understanding how we look at our reputation, how um, we're seen as an employer. So as you can imagine, like you've mentioned before, um, working in recruiting or talent attraction for a recruiting technology company is pretty meta. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's understanding meta. that, that we, we have a lot of people who know us, but they know us as a great place to find a job working somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so our challenge is to get them to think about Indeed, give them some background on the size and scope of Indeed, how much we're growing, what we do, where we are, and our mission. Yeah. And that tells them the story of, oh, I never thought of working for Indeed before. Yeah. I thought Indeed was like maybe four or 500 people. And I'm like, nope, we just passed 6,000 employees. Wow. So, so we're, we're growing and we're, and we're still growing. So it's a matter of understanding um, that education piece. 
and then telling that story because we have a really good mission that drives everything we do. Being in recruiting, yes, I not only do I serve the Kool-Aid, but I've got the Kool-Aid mustache. <laughs> um, I, I, I do I do believe in our Love mission that. to help people get jobs okay. um, because that's something that's driven me ever since I've been in recruiting. Mm -hmm. I've actually been in recruiting as long as Indeed has been in recruiting mm -hmm. since 2004. Okay. Uh, clearly, that is the passion of yours. So mm -hmm. we're going to talk more about that. So the footprint uh, globally, so so if you are responsible for the global brand, mm -hmm. global employment brand for Indeed, your major pockets of employees are where? Dublin? So we have, we have 27, 27 different global offices. Okay. And so when you think about that, our, 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 our bigger pockets uh, of uh, our bigger offices are going to be in Austin and Stanford mm -hmm. in, um, in the U.S. Stanford was our previous... Uh, Stanford, Connecticut. First, Stanford, right? Connecticut yeah. was, the, was mm -hmm. the first headquarters. Yeah. Um, and Austin, continued, they both continued to grow. Um, so, so Austin, Stanford, um, and then the third largest office is going to be Dublin. Right. So our European HQ uh -huh. um, is, is, is a huge office. Um, I think there are over 900 employees now cool. um, there. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's, there's big pockets yeah. uh, all over the world. Um, but those are the those are the three largest locations, and then we have lots of offices that are um, 100, 200, um, 400 um, employees that yeah. are that are that are all over the place. Well, here's something I noticed yesterday when I was watching the videos during the client success uh, presentation uh, that when they had employees in certain locations in the world where you thought you were going to hear one accent, you heard a different accent. Mm -hmm. So, for example. The Dublin office did not necessarily have all employees with Irish accents, and I love that. You've got diversity within diversity. We do. So yeah. the, one of the things that, that we hear all the time from leadership uh, at Indeed is that they want someone's next job to be at Indeed. So what that means is we have a lot of opportunity with internal mobility, um, people moving into different roles, people relocating to different offices. And so uh, we, uh, we shot a recruiting video in Sydney mm -hmm. and um, I was watching the video and very to, to your point, um, the gentleman that we were interviewing um, was from Ireland and had an Irish accent um, yeah. in Sydney. And I was like, wait, which video am <laughs> I watching What's wrong again? with this picture? Right. right. And, so there's, and so there's people from That's all great. over that are, that, are, that are moving people who, I know people who've gone from Dublin to Sydney, yeah. um, people who've gone from, uh, from Sydney to New York. Yeah. And so there's cool. all kinds of different movements. So it's understanding that we are a global organization mm -hmm. and that there are opportunities to, to move if you're willing to move. Yes. Exciting. Okay. So Brian, how much of your time do you spend on strategy versus tactics? Uh, I would say probably tactics are um, about uh, right now between 70 and 80% of the role because I am hiring on my team. Mm -hmm. And so I'm shifting. And so we're doing a whole lot that has to be done. And, and just right now while we're hiring people to come in and, and, and fill those roles and help us get some of those tactical things done. Mm -hmm. And so I shift a lot. I'm mm -hmm. used to being, uh, I'm used to having, uh, not an indeed, but at other companies, I'm used to having a budget of zero and having to fight for everything. Mm -hmm. which I mean, do a lot of the things myself way back in, um, in, in 2011, uh -huh. uh, when we, when we were working at the, at the same company, um, I had, I, I had zero budget. I had to do everything myself. Yeah. And I had to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And so I've got more of a startup mentality. So I'm okay doing whatever needs to be done. And that's kind of what I've hired for on my team. Right. So right now, I'm, I'm a little on the higher end of the tactics mm -hmm. versus strategy. And so we're making movements to shift that back to, um, you know, 20 to 25% um, on the tactics side. 75 to 80% on the strategy side okay. because there's so many things um, around our opportunities.
opportunities, places where we need to grow, places mm-hmm. where we need to increase our brand presence. All of those things are strategic decisions. Yeah. And so it's understanding um, like it's important to get the right people um, on the team that enable you to go do that. Right. And so that's what I'm working on now. Yeah. And I always put in the strategy bucket the keeping up to date with what the new technologies and the new um, sort of tools are out there. And I always, as a recruiting leader, I always feel the sense of foreboding that there's something going on that I just don't have time to discover or figure out. I mean, I would imagine you you want to use your own tools as much as possible to find oh, yeah. people. But are, do you spend time looking into, you know, going on webinars, getting demos? Well, how do you, how do you apportion your time when it comes to just discovering what's new out there? So there's a lot of things that I look for as I'm trying to solve a problem. Um, I have a marketing brain, mm-hmm. so I think about that way. How do we tell a story? How can we package that? How can we put that where an audience, the right audience can see and hear it? And so I'm always looking for something like that. We actually have a team um, on um, uh, it, inside of Talent Attraction um, that's always looking for and testing and piloting um, products and new ways to do things and trying to figure out how we can solve our problems that faces on a daily basis. Yeah. A lot of what we have to do, much like many people in Talent Attraction, is hitting the hitting the, the, the basics um, and doing them really well. Okay. And so beyond that, yes, there's tools, there's technology, there's all those things. Yeah. And working in an HR tech company, we see a lot of it. And right. We pilot a lot of what Indeed has to offer. Um, so and we're lucky. We're really lucky in that regard. We get to give feedback yeah. and say, "Hey, the, would be great if it did this." Um, and so we sat. We we were, we were in there. There's a um, uh, there's there's an uh, events product that um, you know that we that we got the, the the ability to test drive. And we're like, "Hey, would be great if it did this." Or can you tag people? Or can you do mm-hmm. all these things? Yeah. And meanwhile, the the product folks are like typing away because they're like, "This is great feedback." Yeah. And so it's just making sure that. That they that everybody within talent attraction knows that we're part of the solution that we deliver for clients. Right, excellent. I love it. You know, my thing is pushing women forward whenever yeah. I can. Uh, what's your opinion of how more women can find themselves in senior leadership roles in talent acquisition? So I think there are there. I think there are a lot of women in men. Maybe this is my perception, and indeed, uh, we have the majority of. Um, of people on the talent attraction team, which is over 200 people globally, um, are women. And so for me, that's normal. Um, and so it's normal to, to see, uh, uh, so my uh, boss, uh, VP of, of, of TA, uh, and she did an amazing job of being a strong leader and being able to guide, give, give, give freedom uh, to go, you know, make some mistakes, mm-hmm. but also guide, um, and I actually look up to her a lot. Okay. So, if, as a as when you think about women leaders, yeah, like like that's not different to me. Right. So, as I think about how women can think about that, it's finding a mentor, finding the yeah. person who's who's been there, finding the person who understands the dynamic and how to navigate that. Yeah. And so, I think seeking out those seeking out mentors, but also understanding that, um, you know, personally. I know that there are there are women globally, right? In every organization, everywhere, there are women who are more qualified, making less than a man who's less qualified. And so, to me, that's a challenge. Understanding that that we're it's not an equal playing field. We're moving towards that, mm-hmm. and I would I love the day that it actually is an equal playing field. And I'm speaking to that because I listen, right? Has not been my experience, but I when you when you stop and listen to other people's perspectives and appreciate that perspective, you understand that every everybody's 
got a little bit different experience as they go through life, as they right. go through their work, through their career. That is so true. So interesting point of view. Thank you for that. That's fairly bold. I would, well, I would say. I'm and well, and I'm also I've also got a little bit of imposter syndrome going on. So, um, so, so I, I Don't always we all? I always feel like I always feel like there's somebody better at this job. Have they not found somebody to replace me yet? <laughs> it's a little healthy, actually, to have yeah, the yeah. imposter syndrome. I wake up every morning with a healthy sense of my own expendability. That's what I used to tell my team uh, every day, and you should too. So let's all bring our best game every day. I love that. I'm going to mm -hmm. borrow that, Steve. <laughs> You can have it for free. Brian, I'd love to know uh, what keeps you up at night. For me, it's understanding that, um, you know, not everybody is, has a 100% stellar experience in every room and every office around the world. So I think, so I, I pay attention to our reputation, mm -hmm. right? I lead employer brands. So I watch reputation. I read reviews. I look at all the things um, that happen on social. And so I'm processing all that information at the same time. And so I'm sharing that information back with leaders when, when it's relevant to, to their business unit or their team, but also that like the understanding that, hey, this is the experience and making sure that the story that we're telling externally for the employer brand matches mm -hmm. what's actually happening in the offices. And so one office is going to have a different experience than another office. And a lot of that has to do with the microcosms, right? So like the managers or specific teams and things like that. So, so hearing all those things and understanding that there's good and there's not so good, there's areas of improvement, there's all the things that we can do better. Right. So that's like that, that, that constant forward motion yeah. of are we, are we learning? Are we adjusting? Right. Are we paying attention to what people are saying? Yeah. And are we putting that back out there to the world so that the people who do look at Indeed as an employer, as a place to work, they get a real picture. Yeah. They get a picture that lines up with what they see when they start on day one. And can the feedback be cycled quickly enough to actually impact what's going on? That's what I always wonder too. Is yep. it's, it's, you, you sort of read it, you understand it, you send it back in the system, and then it's hard to know really how it changed anything. Is, is am I right, or is that just so? Too, I think too big. I think, I think if the, in a in a in a much much larger organization, I would say that's the case. Mm -hmm. But everyone is very much attuned to sure. here's what's happening online. Here's what people are saying, yeah. and so people will bring stuff to me. In addition to me going out and seeking, we have listening tools, and we pay attention to all the things that are being said about us yeah. as an employer and beyond. But um, we have a very, very um, in tune um, leadership team. So whether it's a manager or whether it's a business uh, unit VP or SVP, like they're they're all paying attention. They all care yeah. about the experience. Now, um, some things some things you know can't be done or just a function of, of working on that team. But a lot of times, like that's new information for some leaders, yeah. and that's okay, right? Because right. it's all about learning and growing and adjusting where we can improve. Yeah, if they're open to it. And most mm -hmm. of them are, yeah. right? Good. Yes. Well, yeah. I think increasingly. They are. Mm -hmm. And so for, for, for us, because we're growing, because the, the better we are at managing people, the more successful we are, the more we continue to grow. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of the things for any high growth organization mm -hmm. that is a challenge because you're hiring new people. Right. At the same time, you're promoting people who have been doing a good job yeah. to leadership, in other words, whether it's a lead or a manager role. And so it's understanding that they need guidance and training. And that's something that we actually did take a, a lot of internal feedback as well as external feedback right. to roll that into manager feedback, manager training. Um, in addition to things like unconscious bias mm -hmm. training, which is rolling out globally for managers okay. um, as we speak. 
So all those things are pieces that we hear about that are actually being turned into action, which is always fun for me to see. And I hope that the people who are talking about that see that action. Like we're yeah. doing a good job internally of communicating it, mm -hmm. um, but that, I just want everybody to know that people are really listening and they care. Good. Good to know. Um, who do you think is really getting branding right in talent acquisition right now? Who are you watching? Who am I watching? Um, I'm watching companies um, like uh, Blizzard Entertainment because huh? um, I know the person who leads um, uh, employment branding uh, at Blizzard. And why? Uh, so I'm watching okay. because um, number one, I love all of, all of the um, all the nuts and bolts that she gets to work work with mm -hmm. um, because of all the characters. And so Blizzard um, is the creator of World of Warcraft, World right. of Warcraft, and so. Um, they have characters and they have fun and they have all these things and they have passionate people who care about yeah. that universe, mm -hmm. right? And so she gets to play around with all those things and tell an amazing story. So I, I watch, I watch her. I watch people like um, like Audra Knight who are at who work at Tenable, and so and so they they're they're also a very different audience, yeah. right? And so right. they're one of those brands where it's like, okay, you don't have a consumer brand, great. How do we tell that story to our audience? That's right. And so she does a great job. She and her team do a great job of, of telling that story in a way that's got a little bit of quirk, some mm -hmm. attitude, mm -hmm. and a sense of humor about it. So that's what I love. So there's all these different elements right. that you have to figure out. Okay, I like all the stuff that's out on the table, but what do I want right now? What's right for me? Well, that's thank you for that because that's why I wanted to pin you down because while we all may have different audiences that we're serving, you can take little snippets from everybody's ideas oh, and yeah. experiences and sort of bake it into what's going to work for you. So I love it. So, so you tend more toward the uh, whimsical, quirky, if possible, you know, kind of use stuff that makes people smile, helps that's, to tell the story. That's the engagement that stuff, right? Yeah, so you, when you tell a story, get, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's however you make them feel is what yeah. they remember, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you can tell a good story, if you can be friendly, if you can be a little bit witty, yeah. if you can be heartfelt, if you can, if you can do those things that tell the story, that's that's the difference. Good. That's the difference in having a good employer brand. Is are you telling the story in a way that people hear it? Completely agree. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit more about you personally. I just love to know, you know, what, what has been your favorite industry to recruit for? You said this earlier. This is your best job you've ever had. So I'll I'll, I'll give you that. This is probably your best favorite industry, other than Indeed. Where have you felt like, wow, this is a really fun industry to recruit for? Wow, I think um, so. When I was at Twilio, I thought that was a really fun industry. It was it was uh, tech? It was Silicon Valley startup, um, and so that was it was completely new for yeah. me. So I'm always like looking to understand different cultures. Um, so Twilio was 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 fun um, when I worked at uh, when I worked at IBM. Um, I actually worked. Um, I wasn't. I was on the RPO or, um, or services side. I was yeah. on the Connexa side, mm -hmm. and so um, look, working with a whole bunch of different clients, kind of like digging into what they were doing yeah. and their message. I worked with uh, with with GM and and several other different clients right. through them at the time, and just being able to hear their story and kind of like encapsulate that and then like reiterate that that back to them. Like, so is this what the story that you're trying to tell? They're like, yeah. That is the story that I've tried. It's like, mm -hmm. that's a great story. You just have to think about it from somebody else's perspective. Right, right. Yeah, I would agree. That's probably the best part of RPO from my perspective is that you're not just dedicated to one industry. You get to sort of make your way around and help a bunch of them. You do, but you also want the relationship because long term you have that trust. Mm -hmm. um, so you can walk up and you know this, mm -hmm. you can walk up and have the best idea 
but they won't hear it because they don't trust you yet. Yeah. And so it's the ability to, to, to build that relationship and gain that trust long term. And that's what I love about working at Indeed. Yeah. I've been at Indeed for almost three years now. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's it's been, as you said, I admitted earlier, it was my it's, it's, it's been my favorite job. Um, because not only do I have a place where I can go do the things that I know that we need to do from an employer brand perspective, I have the budget to do it. I've got the ability to hire people to support me to get it done and, and help us grow and hire the people we need to hire. Good stuff. Mentors. Who have been your mentors, especially in the early days of your career? Wow. Um, there are several mentors. Um, one of them, uh, who's a friend, is Steve Levy. Mm -hmm. and, and so he worked at Indeed uh, for a minute, and <laughs> but I've known him for a long time, right. and he's been a really good sounding board uh, for me. And uh, we actually started uh, writing a book together. Um, and so somebody, somebody that I just continue to learn from. Yeah. So Steve is, has been a huge mentor mm -hmm. uh, to me. Um, uh, uh, Jim Stroud is actually here at the conference, okay, and I, I consider him a friend. Mm -hmm. uh, but early on, and even still now, I consider him a mentor um, because he's thinking about things um, in ways that I don't think about things necessarily. Mm -hmm. And he's testing and trying and looking at all the things. So a curious mind. The people that I've that I've come across that have curious minds that are willing to try just about anything. Um, so Will Staney is another person uh, that's a close personal friend of mine mm -hmm. that that I learn from every day. So he's also, he and Jim are a lot alike because okay. they both will try anything once, maybe twice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because they were like, like, okay, what does the data tell me? Uh -huh. what's, what's happening? They want to try the next thing and figure out, is this the, the thing that's going to help me do my job better? Right. Good. Interesting. And so what's the best advice you've ever received? Um, the best advice is that it's okay to admit when you don't know something. It's okay to admit That's that, tough. that you're okay, mm -hmm. that just because you don't have all the answers all the time, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you're not um, worthwhile and doing your job. Right. And a good person and a good employee or a good manager, you shouldn't know all the things all the time. No one can. But we get trapped into this mentality of we have to know all the answers. We have to be the oracle. We have to be the all-seeing person who has every answer right. to everyone. And no one does. And once you get past that, once you understand that the people that you're going to have on your team, in a lot of ways, are going to be smarter than you ever are, mm -hmm. once you can latch onto that and just own it, yeah. like, everything opens up and you, there's a lot of stress that melts away, actually. I, I agree. And then it's not about the ego. It's more about the, let's get good work done right, right? together. And, Love and, it. And, okay. and, trust, and trust in the team. That's the, that's yeah. the, that's the kicker. If, you're, if your team knows that, that you trust them enough to make mistakes, mm -hmm. like they'll do anything for it. Right. One of the things that I tell my team uh, that we actually have as one of our philosophies is um, is create your own destiny. So what that means is you're in charge of defining where you go. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of ambiguity. Yeah. Lean into it. Yeah. Own it and say, hey, we're going to define it. We're going to say this is what success is. This is what we want to achieve, mm -hmm. and be comfortable with that because there are there's not a whole lot of structure yeah. and there's not a whole lot of here's exactly what success should look like because mm -hmm. for Every company is different. Right. Totally agree. Okay. One last question. What books are you reading right now? So the two books that I'm reading right now uh, that are on my bedside, um, number uh, one is uh, The World According to Star Wars. Uh, okay. Um, and so it's a very easy read. It's, a, it's, it's basically a, a, a guy who's going through and, and filtering a lot of uh, his 
his childhood and growing up into adult, like it was all filtered through uh, the Star Wars. Oh my gosh! So it's sort of like analogy with real life, or yeah. So it's 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 a a bit of both. It's Uh like this happened to me, and I thought about it this way. And by the way, this ties back into what happened on the actual movie production. Like, there's a lot of information in there about that. So that that's a that's that's a that's a very fun read. Mm -hmm. And the other one is the talent brand. Okay. Um. So so shock. I know it's crazy. Uh, my wife was like, really? That's a bedside book? Really? I'm just like, I had to. But you're a geek like that. So of you, you, you have to. Yeah. Are you a Kindle guy or a paper guy? I'm a paper guy. Oh, yeah. so interesting. I, the, the paper, so the, so the screen, especially so when I have time to read, um, a lot of times it's at night. Okay. And so the, the, the blue screen will mess with your, your, yeah. your sleep patterns and, yeah. and all that stuff. So, so but I'm, having run recruiting for Kindle, mm-hmm. I'm here. I have to, I have to put in a plug for my peeps at Kindle. Yeah. That is the best interface. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Especially for the beach, but also for the bedside. But in any case, I digress. Anything else you want people to know about you, Brian? Um, I mean, I know that's not your objective, but you know, what, what didn't I ask you about that you wish I had? Hmm. Um, I think you, I think you covered most everything. Um, but that I'm one of the things that I try to impart to um, to every recruiter that I meet is understanding the audience, understanding what they want, what they need, being able to think about it from their perspective. Mm-hmm. And so um, I share a lot of information online, um, sometimes too much. Okay. Um, but but I don't think so. But but some of the stuff that I share, I always yeah. try to give a what's in it for me. Yeah. Message okay. Because I'm thinking about that audience. Yeah. So I think that's one of the that's one thing that we can do not only in recruiting mm-hmm. but also thinking about in our relationships. Are you also thinking about? Yes, I'm communicating with this person with their best interests in mind, in yeah. addition to mine. Right. Love it. I think that's a great place to end. Thank you so much yeah. for your time. My this pleasure. has been a pleasure. So that's it for my time with Brian, and we actually could have gone on for hours. What a terrific dude and a totally passionate recruiting geek. My thanks to Todd Raphael and the ERE team, Lami Zabarama at RPOA, and of course my tribe at People Results. Please remember to rate and review Big Fish. It will help other TA professionals find us. Thanks so much for listening, and keep an eye out for the next episode coming up very soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Big Fish in the Talent Pool. This podcast is independently produced in collaboration with ERE.net, and we would love to hear your feedback. You can email Aaron directly at E-P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N at people-results.com. You can also follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron McPeterson, connect with her on LinkedIn, and learn more about her practice at people-results.com.